Crossroads Music Podcast. Oh, I didn't even hear the uh, the cap fall off that bottle this time. I know. No I didn't want to do it over. I didn't want to do it here because last time we almost had spillage on the keyboard. So <laughs> that's pretty, eh, pretty good. Uh, so this is the Crossroads Music Podcast. We are a music podcast where we just talk about music, and that's pretty much all we talk about for a whole hour. Eric, what's your drink of choice for today? My drink of choice for today is Dawn Patrol. It's a coffee porter from Tofino Brewing. So there's the label right there. Are these all still local beers? These are all on Vancouver Island so far. Wow. And you still haven't run out. You know what? The craft beer industry out here is insane. Wow. Um, Just quickly, uh, hello to everyone in chat. Julia... Miguel, Ben, I see you all there. Uh, so yeah, we are a music podcast. We stream here on twitch.tv slash Chasing Dragonflies. Uh, so if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever, uh, feel free to join the live show and you can you can talk back to us, be offended in real time. You know, <laughs> it's a great time here. It is. <laughs> uh, so Eric, we usually start this off with uh, what we've been listening to this past week. Uh, so hit me with what you've got. What were you listening to? Uh, so what have I been listening to? Well, first of all, I found out, I, I know I've mentioned this last podcast, uh, I've been listening to the Heart and Soul album by Eric Church that's coming out. It's their, sorry, their singles that they've released. But uh, I got it wrong. They're not releasing a double album. They're actually releasing a triple album. Oh, so Disgusting. I don't, I can't even... triple albums are like double albums themselves are dangerous because it's like Mm -hmm. you're just expecting a lot of filler but a triple album there has to be like but here's the thing you have to have a reason i think it's a double album and everywhere on the radio is saying it's a triple album and and julia corrected me saying that oh i've heard it was a triple album i was like what are you talking about like on itunes it only has two but what it is 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 so Heart and Soul are the double album, and then their triple album, which will be And, that's what it's called. It's uh, going to be like a choir rendition of the best songs off both albums. Okay, so it's like thing. including so, an instrumental version mm-hmm. of the album. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's just like a bonus disc. Yeah, exactly. So okay. I, I don't consider that a part of one, even though the rest of the world does. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I've been listening to those singles a lot still. Uh, they're amazing. I uh, listened to the Pretty Reckless's new album. It just dropped uh, Death by Rock and Roll. Um, it's actually pretty awesome. Uh, she does a song with Marilyn Manson on it was here. Canceled. Only... You can't yeah. mention Marilyn Manson anymore. Well, it's canceled. I don't know. <laughs> she, she obviously doesn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised they're like record execs didn't just be like nope we have to remove this song off the album hmm. yeah i don't know but uh it's actually not a bad song like it has that typical marilyn manson kind of feel to it okay interesting um she does a song with tom morello oh and... he pops up everywhere he just he just needs to show up for like 16 bars of guitar solo and collect his check at this point he's like the samuel L. jackson of the <laughs> of the music world <laughs> But just like, well, Tom yeah. Rill is on this album. Of course he is. <laughs> yeah. Just pulls off his like whammy pedal and like, there you go. That's a solo. Oh, yeah. Um, th- this is a bit more heavier than 
her last album that she came out with, uh, I felt it was more bluesy. Like you had like Warren Haynes from the Almond Brothers on there. Um, but this one, it's it's more heavy. And uh, one of my favorite songs that stands out is uh, Witches Burn. It's kind of like a soft, kind of slow, like dark song. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. So uh, if you're into hard rock with a strong female vocalist, uh, check it out. Sweet. Uh, sorry, just catching up on chat. Ben is drinking Black Hops Brewery Sea King IPA. Eric, thoughts on that one? Uh, I'm not a big IPA fan, but the label on that album, or sorry, that album, the <laughs> label on that beer looks awesome. It's a hello. It's like a military helicopter. It's um, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, and he's also listening to Biggie's Ready to Die and Dre's Chronic albums. So the original Chronic and the 2001. I have issue with the Chronic albums, but maybe that's that's a completely different episode. One day we'll we'll go into Dr. Dre's discography, <laughs> but not not today. Uh, and also, hello to Matthew. I see you there. Um, I think we had a conversation. Oh, right. I was supposed to bring this up. The way you pronounce my middle name, uh, my Korean middle name is Gyun Min. Gyun Min. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew was having a lot of trouble pronouncing my name on his stream last time I was there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, you could just call me Alex, which is probably a lot easier for most people. Here, here's a great story for you. Uh, because of the Korean name, uh, Alex, like I've known you for a long time and we went out for a Korean barbecue and you took us to this like place. I can't remember where it was, but, uh, anyways, you took us there and then you just started ordering everything in Korean and then me and Mike looked at you and we're like, can you speak Korean? Can you speak Korean? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't speak Korean at all, but yeah. I can, I can order in a restaurant. So survival, <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Oh, that was amazing. I don't know why that just popped in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Korean barbecue is really good. Like I personally, I don't really go to Korean restaurants because most of the Korean food I just make at home, but Korean barbecue is one of those things where it's like harder to do inside your house, especially in the winter time. Cause it's too, it's too cold to go out uh, to mm. barbecue. Uh, so usually Korean barbecue, I will go to a restaurant for. Right uh, Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine documentary is really good. I think I've seen it. It's like, it's called the untouchables or the, I keep thinking it's like the incredibles, but I think that's a Pixar movie. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Anyways, we need to stop talking about Dr. Dre cause they, we have nothing has nothing to do with Dr. Dre. Uh, Eric, um, what else have you been listening to? Or is that the end of your list? Uh, that's kind of it. I've been actually just cranking on Rush lately just because of nice. the album that we're listening to. But we'll get into that later. But, you know, the Holy Triumphant. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, the Defiant Ones. That's the documentary. So mm. there you go. The Incredibles. Yeah, the go Incredibles. watch The Incredibles. Yeah, by Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine. <laughs> um. So I watched, um, I watched Soul this past weekend. This past oh, what'd you week. think? I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It was a bit. I do agree with you though. It's not meant for music lovers. Like this is not, this is not like a super geek music geek type type of movie. The movie has 
uh, a basis in like jazz, but it's not, it's not a love letter to jazz at all. It's really a, it's a, it's a human story about like life and death, not, not a yeah. story about music. Like finding your soul. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It was, uh, I thought it was good. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross continue to surprise me. Like they did, they did so many different scores, like the social network and, uh, well, the, the girl with the dragon tattoo and the Watchmen, like relatively darker movies or more serious movies. I think this is the very first one where it's like a kid's movie. And for some reason they still pull it off. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I just don't, I think Trent, Trent and Atticus, those guys are just like pure geniuses. They're so good at what they do. I was very surprised when we were watching the credits and I saw Trent Reznor and I had to rewind it a bit just because I was like, did I, did I see his name pop up? Because, uh, again, I, I was, was not expecting that name yeah. to pop up for sure. Yeah. But. They, they do such a good job and John Baptiste doing the jazz stuff. That was really spot on also. I'm, I'm sort of glad that we didn't, I mean, it'd have been interesting to see Trent do a, a jazz soundtrack. I would be very <laughs> interested to see what he would do, but, mm -hmm. um, that's definitely not his wheelhouse. So I'm sort of glad they got John Baptiste to do that part. Uh, so yeah, I watched that and then, uh, let's see what else. Oh, uh, Greta Van Fleet actually today released a new mu music video for heat above. Um, hmm. the music video is actually pretty good. They're all dressed in like white robes and, uh, playing their instruments. So I, I really like the music video. The song itself is definitely not Led Zeppelin anymore. Uh, <laughs> it definitely, it definitely doesn't sound like a total ripoff of Led Zeppelin other than his voice. Uh, but halfway through the song, I found myself getting a bit bored of it. Like it has a really good, um, maybe like a two bar riff in that song, mm. uh, like right at the beginning. And it repeats, I think it's right before the chorus. Uh, but I wish they would have played on that motif a little bit more. Uh, I'll have because, to listen to it again. Cause yeah. it's been a while now since I've listened to the singles off that album, but I'll, I'll check out the music video for sure. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's good. Uh, it's worth checking out, especially for those who really hate this band because they think it's a... I mean, they are a ripoff of Led Zeppelin, but they have changed uh, at this point. So uh, it's. I think it's worth checking out at least. Uh, let's see. What else was I like listening to? Uh, oh, Icky Thump by The White Stripes. So, That's a great uh, song. Yeah, for some reason I revisited that album. and uh, Jack White, for as not... As untechnical as that man is, he still like really plays his ass off on the guitar. Yeah, he, he just has this raw sound. Yeah. That's just so like it's just bare bones, nothing like mixed or anything. And and that just sounds good. Like I think the one of the songs on that album, Blue Orchid, it has that oh, just so like good. yeah. Yeah, like bass heavy guitar sound yeah. that just oh it just rocks. Yeah. But. It's yeah, he just has that that distinctive sound it's not like anything flashy or anything but like his mm -hmm. guitar work is just good it's just catchy oh yeah i remember seeing a video um or no it's a live recording of him playing hello operator and then he goes into like an elvis song baby blue and 
and it, it's just like the transition of the song. It was so bluesy and epic. I remember like, and and I can't, you can't find it anywhere on like iTunes or anything. I think you can only find it on YouTube now. Mm. But uh, but yeah, that's ah, oh, I love the White Stripes. <laughs> They're awesome. Yeah. Uh, Luigi has it going. Jack White rules. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. What else was I listening to? Oh, uh, so I don't know if you know this uh, musician, but K K Flay K Dot Flay. Um, no. She released a, a three-song EP uh, recently, and it's just a bunch of cover songs. Uh, so on this album is uh, Brain Stew, which is Green Day, um, Self Esteem, which is the Offspring. Offspring. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't. I, last time I was like, is it Jimmy Eat World or Offspring? I feel like they're the same band to me. Um, and then she did a cover of Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit, and it's so good. Mm. She has like this uh, sort of electronic folksy vibe to her. So taking that like aggressive new metal sound and converting that to like a folk folk genre, it's just so funny to me. Uh, so I just purely for that song, I would recommend uh, taking a listen to it. I thought it was really good. As as juvenile as Limp Bizkit is, uh, that cover is actually spot on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to check it out. <laughs> um, and then uh, we talked about this last week, but uh, Taylor Swift released uh, her song Love Story. Oh, mm. sorry. Before yes. we get to that, before we get to that, uh, Miguel, what's the song name again? It is Break Stuff by original by Limp Bizkit, but it's uh, covered by K dot Flay F L A Y. Uh, going back to Taylor Swift. We talked about this yes. last week, but mm-hmm. she released uh, her version, her new re recording of love story. Uh, so it's love story in brackets, Taylor's version. Uh, Eric, did you listen to that song? Yes, I did listen to it and I completely forgot to mention it uh, because I feel like we should talk about this this thing um so we we listened to it back like actually after last week's podcast because i guess when it was midnight there it was like it was nine something here so so we listened to it so it came out earlier on our time Mm -hmm. uh and uh first we i I was like let's listen to the old one first okay yeah like listen to it back to back and i feel like i like this version better just because her voice is more mature. And I know, and I know a lot boat. of people disagree with me because they're like, oh, the, the old one is so good. <laughs> but but I feel like the her voice, is it sounds better with the song. And I, I don't know. And then even just like the instrumental work I found in oh, this was yeah. a lot better too. Yeah. Because I, I feel like when she started off, she probably got these just like, you know, like these factory music studio musicians that are just like, all right, all right, next, next artist coming in here. <laughs> what am I playing? Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah. So I did the reverse of you. I listened to the, the re recording first and I was like, damn, this is, I forgot how good of a song this is. Um, and then I went back and listened to the original. I was like, this doesn't sound as good as I remember it. <laughs> yeah. Cause like the, from a production standpoint, and I guess a recording standpoint, the mix is very muddy in the original, uh, mm-hmm. in the original recording, which was very interesting to me because I remember it being like a super polished pop uh, song. But listening back to it, I'm like, whoa, 
like the guitars and bass and even the drums are a bit muddy in this mix. The vocals are a bit quiet. And I was like, damn, they did a better job <laughs> on this re-recording. <laughs> I didn't really, I don't know. I think vocally, uh, the vocals are definitely a bit more mature, but I didn't, I didn't find a big difference other than it was louder in this recording, which I did uh, enjoy. Uh, but for me, it was the instrumentation that was like, the original is a bit muddy. I think I'll never listen yeah. to this again. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's, it's totally true because I feel like with her starting off as a new artist, the studio is not going to give her the best yeah. kind of musicians. Right. So now she's been in the music world for a long time. And, and I don't know if you saw that live, um, kind of recordings of, uh, of her new album folklore. It's on the Disney channel. You should check it out. I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, but it's like two other musicians that she just plays with. And she plays the full album front front to back. And uh, it, it's a bit more obviously broken down. But it sound, it's actually sounds pretty good. But I feel like, you know, she, she's using musicians and friends that she's actually like that are good. And she gets along with that she mesh, meshes well. And I, and I could tell in that recording that's how it felt instead of just a factory muddy made song. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so I'm excited for the album to come out. I'm sure like if I remember correctly, I don't think I love the album. Uh, I thought it was mm-hmm. like a good album, but I didn't love the album, but I am interested to see like how the rest of the songs turn out because if, if this is an indication of where it's going, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I am. I am too. I'm intrigued to see what she does with her newer stuff Yeah, that that she has just because, you know, there's a lot more going on and, you know, try to replicate those sounds Yeah, for certain songs. It's like, huh, I wonder what she's going to do. That's different. I still feel, though, in that song, Love Story, and I'm sorry, and it drives me nuts every time I hear it. I feel like the bridge right when when it kind of slows down a bit i feel yeah. like there should be more emphasis on backup vocals in that song and have like a oh, harmony as yeah. she's singing yeah because then it would really just send the song home <laughs> yeah that's true yeah but that's just me that's a good point <laughs> uh ben asked you guys like tones and i uh i don't listen to tones and i eric any comments we could uh, I don't think I've have heard of any of the. Okay, their so stuff, the answer so. is we do not like Tones and I at all. <laughs> I'll have to check them out, Ben. <laughs> I'll check them out for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else have I been listening to? Oh, um, this wasn't released recently. This was maybe six months ago, maybe eight months ago. Um, there's a Mongolian uh, throat singing band called The Who uh the hu yeah it's not the who it's uh the hu the who <laughs> just had this funny visual in my head anyways just this mongolian throat singing uh, uh who song <laughs> yeah they're doing like my generation right yeah. <laughs> um but yeah the who uh, the Mongolian throat singing band, uh, they do a cover of Sad But True by Metallica, and it's so good. It's like, the S- Sad But True, even though it's on the Black Album, and one day we will do an episode on Metallica's Black Album, because it just sell- sold like a bajillion copies. But I 
personally don't like the Black Album. I think it's a bit weak for Metallica standards. Uh, but Sad But True is like one of Metallica's heaviest songs. Uh, it's the heaviest on that record at the very mm-hmm. least. Uh, but they do a cover of Sad But True. So good. And they do it with uh, throat singing in there. It's just beautiful. I love that it. That would be very interesting to hear. I love it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that that's like big recommendation for me. You, even if you hate the Black Album, you like that's a for sure listen. <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess my left field type uh, left field suggestion. Uh, so there is a Japanese uh, pop singer. Uh, anyways, I, I don't know how to describe her, but let's just say pop singer. Uh, she's from London, but she is uh, of Japanese descent, and she has a song called STFU, exclamation mark, and it is so good. So, like, mm. her whole discography is a bit uh, electronic, a bit poppy. Um, I think sort of like Bjork, except not as, like, ethereal. It's not, it's, like, very pop-driven uh, rather mm. than, like, this artsy uh, although there are artsy elements uh, to her songs, uh, but SDFU is like her rendition of a metal song, and it's really good. It's hmm. really good. And I was pretty excited because I was like, wow, this song is really good, and it has like a hidden message, and it's like it's really topical and all that. So I went and listened to the rest of her disc- discography. It's the only song in this in the genre, in the style of music that she does. So I was a bit disappointed in that, that there wasn't more. Uh, mm-hmm. but, um, all her songs have like this, like deeper meaning to them. Uh, pretty artsy, even though they are pop songs. Uh, but if you're into that type of music, uh, I would recommend it. It is, uh, Rina Sawayama, S-A-S-A-W-A-Y-A-M-A. And hmm. Rina spelled R-I-N-A. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I'm intrigued, Ken. <laughs> Um, And then finally, uh, the last thing yesterday, uh, Gojira, who's a, anyways, Gojira released a a single off their new album, their upcoming album called Born for One Thing. Uh, So the music video is out. Also, pretty good song. I recommend that. Uh, For those of you who don't know who Gojira is, uh, best way to describe them is they're a technical death metal band. I guess most people will call them an eco metal band because all their songs are talk about like hugging trees and saving the environment. (laughs) (laughs) But eco metal doesn't really describe any sort of specific sounds. It just describes what they're talking about. Um, So uh, yeah, they're like a technical death metal band. Uh, They, they are from France. So some of their songs are actually in French. So you could, you could tell them that, you know, what, what are your guitars made out of? Are they made out of wood? Did, did you chop down a tree to, to make that yeah, guitar? Pretty, did you pretty, not pretty hippo- Yeah, they should have planted a bunch of trees after chopping yeah. down that tree. <laughs> uh, King of the Monsters, yes, that is correct, Gojira. Um, I've seen Gojira live once, uh, and they're freaking great. They're In terms of like today's metal, they're one of the, the forefront. Uh, metal bands that you they're they're sort of like that lamb of god status where like you need to know this band if you are in the scene right now Mm. um so yeah they released that uh and 
I would recommend it. So that's that's what I've been listening to for this past week. <laughs> You've listened to a lot more than I have. <laughs> I yeah, I'm sort that. of like I'm not sticking to albums at this point. I don't know. The the industry has really shifted towards singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gone back to like the 1950s model where everything is single driven. Like I saw something recently. I think I was reading Reddit at some point, and people were like, "Cardi B doesn't even have an album. She has like." She only has single songs. Like she has that WAP song, I think, but she has zero albums to her. WAP, whatever. WAP. Sorry, WAP. Yeah, WAP. WAP. Whatever that freaking song is. But like, I'm surprised that like that artists these days have these hit singles and they just don't have albums anymore. And I think that mm. just might be the way it goes. I think. These artists are getting like Instagram famous, YouTube famous, whatever it is. And like, they just need a hit song and that's basically it. Yeah. It's great. It's, it kind of sucks because I, I like actually sitting down and listening to an album, you know, like, yeah. So that is just like, what are you going to do? Listen to a song. All right. What do I do now? <laughs> you know, I guess I'll read a book. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Yeah. Yeah, nothing like a good album, start to finish. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, I'm like, uh, I do sort of miss that album sort of format where you can sit for an hour and just listen to, like, an artist's uh, thoughts from front to back or, like, one complete story. Um, Mm -hmm. But singles sort of get to the point a lot quicker, I feel like. Yeah. It goes with the, uh, the modern era of just, you know, that... How do I word this without sounding like an asshole? <laughs> Just say it. Uh, you know, like these plebe mind people that are just like, I need something quick. Okay, I lose interest. Goodbye. Like, kind of thing. How do I summarize that? Because here's that here's thirty seconds of a song. Everyone is <laughs> is a plebe. No, <laughs> everyone is a plebe. There you go. That's your. Uh, Everyone is a plebe. Controversial statement. (laughs) I am your master. You will bow to me. (laughs) Yeah, zero attention span. Mm -hmm. They only care about the first 30 seconds because that's when they get paid out on Spotify. Yeah, everyone in chat sort of in agreement. I don't personally hate singles. Like, Mm -hmm. if we shifted over to single singles only market. I don't think I would miss albums all that much. I We have the classic albums, you know? We have, like, Dark Side of the Moon and Master of Puppets, Number of the Beasts, whatever album you want to throw in there. Um, I don't know. I don't think I would miss it, personally. But maybe mm-hmm. that's because, like, I'm older and I'm sort of set in, like, I already know what bands I'm, I'm going to like and not like at this point. Mm-hmm. So I'm not searching for, like, a brand-new band to, like, follow forever. Yeah, exactly. I I hear you. And then if they do come up, it's more of just like kind of like a a fun little gift. You're like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't think I have like any like like when I was younger, I was like super addicted into like knowing every single detail about the bands that I loved. But these days, like I hear a good song and I'm like, that's a pretty good song. I'm going to listen to it again, but I don't really care about who sings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For the most I think, part. I think it's because we're just getting older. Yeah, probably. We, we're just, we're just like, ah, it's too much work. 
<laughs> All the great albums have already been made, uh, done with albums. I mean, it's th- potentially because mm-hmm. if if there isn't that, if people aren't going to listen to albums, then what artist is going to make an album? Right? Mm-hmm. It's expensive to make an album, so I don't know. That just might not be the medium that people go with anymore. Yeah. No, I hear you. <sighs> Anyways, moving on. We need to move on to the next segment. Uh, so um, we are done with what we've been listening to. So typically we go into the Today in History. So today is February 18th. Few things have happened in the past on this day that are pretty notable in terms of music. Uh, the first thing, 1933, Yoko Ono is born in Tokyo, Japan. <sighs> the one that ruined it all. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think Yoko Ono, like, should never have been a musician ever. <laughs> like, it's like it's like one of those things where you get the parents that tell their children, you know what, you you could do anything you want, and then oh the God. child is terrible, and then you're just like, you know what, you're so good, you just keep doing what you're doing, and then, you know, thirty years later, she's, uh, you know, I guess uh, cock blocking <laughs> the Beatles. <laughs> By coming on stage and just playing feedback on the guitar and singing over feedback, like <laughs> yeah, but that's... I am the <laughs> that, that is like <laughs> like do you know what I you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but there's uh, technically out of all the like if you include all the Beatles, like their solo their solo efforts, other than she's probably the third most successful one over George Harrison and and Ringo. Like you have John Lennon, very successful solo career. Paul McCartney, probably even more successful because he's just been a- around for longer. Yoko Ono, I think, has the the third most successful career out of all of them. Yeah, but oh, like, okay, you know what? I feel like she should be the origin story of dubstep music because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's god awful, like. <laughs> people liked it i don't know what to say to you i've honestly i've never gone out of my way to listen to yoko ono because i just know i'm not gonna enjoy it there's no way um but no that should be the controversial statement plebe-minded people listen to people like yoko ono (laughs) plebe-minded people listen to yoko ono Anyways, happy birthday, Yoko Ono. We just spent the last, like, three minutes insulting her, but happy birthday. (laughs) Um, Please make some more guitar feedback songs, because we all want that. (laughs) Uh, 1954, and I don't know if this is really music-related, but it's sort of music-related. 1954, John Travolta is born in Inglewood, New Jersey. Interesting. I, I don't know. Is that Tec- music related? I don't know. I feel like because his connection of Greece. Yeah. Okay. I'll give him that. Yeah. That's a pretty big like musical number. Mm-hmm. That whole thing. Um, but yeah, I, I figured I just include it just because. <laughs> uh, oh, going to a, uh, a throwback to about 20 minutes ago. 1965, Dr. Dre is born in Compton, California. We were talking about Dr. Dre before. Somehow he came back into the conversation. Uh, we will 
cease to talk about Dr. Dre for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then here we go, Eric. This I've got a story for you. I've got two okay. stories from for this, right. but here here's the first story. Okay. Okay. And go I on. have I have a graphic on the screen, so all of you who are listening on Spotify and all of that, you won't be able to enjoy this uh, uh, very. Uh, interesting video that I have to show. Uh, but uh, 1973, at Elvis Presley's concert in Las Vegas, four men climb on stage and try to shake his hand. They are quickly stopped by security, and Elvis. They are quickly stopped by security and Elvis's bass player Jerry Sheff. Uh, Elvis tells the crowd, "Immobilize the men using karate moves." Um, <laughs> No charges are filed. Elvis later tells the audience, I'm sorry I didn't break his goddamn neck is what I'm sorry about. Uh, but yeah, Elvis tells the crowd to start performing karate moves on the four men who stormed the, sh- the stage. And Eric, did you know that Elvis is a uh, karate master practitioner? So I'll show you a video. This is, this is Elvis training as a karate master. He's the one with the sunglasses. Uh, so look, he's, he's performing. Look at, look at his moves. Look at that. He's just like striking him in the neck. He's getting punched in the side. And it's like, I didn't feel that. Do you think every time he does a thrust, he's like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and look, this is him live on stage performing karate. That's it. Not only is he training, he is also performing live. <laughs> Look at this. Look at his moves. They're so good. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's pulling someone's eye out. He's now yeah, shoving his rubbing, elbow. rubbing his elbow into your back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. my gosh. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so if you want to see, there's like, there's like hundreds of vid- videos of Elvis performing karate in, in public. Um, but <laughs> I like how his belt is like, you know, there's the standard solid colors, but he, he has to get like a, a flashy, like, you know, like silk colored belt. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Elvis is a karate master and he, he basically told his audience to uh, beat up the four men with karate. <laughs> With karate, that's use karate moves. That's amazing. (laughs) That's hilarious. I don't know why Elvis was into karate. It seems such a strange thing for that man to like learn. (laughs) No, just hire bodyguards. Why do you need to learn karate? (laughs) What probably happened was that when he he does those like kind of like like quick kind of movements like when he's dancing around on stage and someone probably says, you know what you'd probably be good at karate and he's like oh <laughs> i'll update that i don't know if that's how he sounds but <laughs> that's definitely how he sounds uh ben is leaving us he's gonna go play yahtzee all right see ya ben uh luigi fun fact the bricks they break at the dojo are made of pure cocaine maybe in hmm. the 70s possible very possible. There's a lot of mm-hmm. cocaine in the 70s. Okay. Anyways, moving on from the Elvis karate story. Uh, 1980. So here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up a picture on the screen, Eric, and look at look at Ringo Starr. Look at look at him. Star. See, there you go. 
He's a caveman. <laughs> 1980, filming begins on Ringo Starr's new comedy, Caveman. Caveman is a slapstick comedy film starring Ringo Starr, Shelley Long, Dennis Quaid, and Ringo's wife, Barbara Bach. Dennis Quaid? Yeah, Dennis Quaid is in <laughs> So the premise of this movie is uh, a toque, played by Ringo Starr, is a bullied and scrawny caveman living in one zillion BC. He lusts after the beautiful but shallow Lana, who is, uh, who is the mate of Tonda, their tribe's physical, physically imposing bullying leader. He is banished from their tribe along with his friend Lar, played by Dennis Quaid. Atuk and Lar falls into a band of misfits, and the group encounters hungry dinosaurs and an abominable snowman. <laughs> along the way, they discover drugs, fire, invent cooking, music, weapons, and learn how to walk fully upright. The film's dialogue is almost entirely in a made-up caveman language. At some showings, audiences were issued a translation pamphlet for 30 caveman words. <laughs> Roger Ebert gave the film 1.5 stars out of 4. Ron Tomatoes has the film at 26%. Caveman was not a box office success. Wow. <laughs> Holy jeez. I mean, first of all, they're from Liverpool. So like, well, at least Ringo Starr is. So you can't understand anything he says anyway. Um, second of all, I feel like that rating for the movie doesn't even like that's too much of a rating for his drumming. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if that's controversial, but uh, <laughs> but like, like maybe maybe this movie or was it? Sorry, you said it was a TV series. It was a movie. Is a movie okay? So maybe this movie is better than his drumming. This movie, Caveman, is better. And I haven't even drumming. seen it, but I'm that's, gonna I'm gonna take a wild guess. That's what I was gonna ask you. Have you ever seen Caveman? No, but I want to. I think I after to. I think this week we should go look for this movie and we should watch Caveman because like yeah, it seems a... ridiculous. Yeah. It seems absolutely ridiculous. I agree. <laughs> but yeah, the whole film is in a caveman language, so like they don't even they just go ugu gaga the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't understand who decided this was a good movie to make. But with his Liverpool accent, it would be different because it would be like. <laughs> Cuckoo gaga, gaga, cuckoo kachoo, right? Cuckoo kachoo yeah. all the way. <laughs> yeah. like, is he like a like a bird? <laughs> but like, who decided Ringo Starr should be a caveman? Like, I don't. Who decided this? After they saw his drumming. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that that's sort of that's that what. That's what happened February 18th today in 1980. <laughs> uh, and the last piece of news, and let's get rid of Ringo from the screen. Um, 2000, we're jumping all the way to 2012 because really nothing has really happened on February 18th. But 2012, Call Me Maybe by Canadian Idol alumni Carly Rae Jepsen goes viral. That song just sticks in your head once you hear it i know for some reason it's just so addicting that song it's not a particularly good song but 
it just has that like really infectious it's like the small world song it just like yeah. gets stuck in your head for no good reason <laughs> yeah until you're just doing random tasks around the house and you're singing it <laughs> you're like god damn you <laughs> Uh, all right. Anyways, that's that's today in history. That's what happened on February 18th. So all good. All right. Moving on. Uh, so for those of you who have been following along with us every week, uh, the album for this week that we are uh, reviewing is the one and only Moving Pictures by Rush. Such a great album. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'll, let's I'll, let's let's do this. I'll give you the quick rundown. There isn't actually that much interesting uh, with this with this album, so uh, this will be very quick. Moving Pictures is the eighth studio album by Canadian rock band Rush, released on February twelfth, nineteen eighty one. It was an instant commercial success, reaching number one in Canada, number three in the U.S., and also in the U.K., selling just over four million copies alone in the U.S. Uh, it was also a critical darling upon release and continues to be held in high praises today. So, Eric, moving pictures, your thoughts on this album? How did you listen to it? Was it the first time? Was it multiple times, etc.? I am a huge Rush fan, and I feel like you are too. And I feel like most, probably the male audiences are, which is kind of hilarious how just... Like 95% of males love, you know, Rush. And then the 5% are females, which are hilarious. <laughs> but th this album's amazing. Like, my favorite album is Hemispheres, probably. That's that's probably one of my favorite. But this one's great. Like, Tom Sawyer. Like, what an opening song on yeah, an like, album. That's such a good song. <laughs> Tom Sawyer is like... It's in there's parts in there that are in seven eight and that is like one of the most played songs by Rush. Mm -hmm. It's like, craziness. Just the the opening song for the album just says the bow yeah. right, and then it sets it up, but then it like goes into this crazy like you know guitar solo, and then you've got the the drum fill there like da -da 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 -da, right which is insane and a uh, fun fact i don't know if you've ever seen the uh rush documentary uh exit no blinding light no i think it was lights it was, something the, the, yeah they had a bunch of musicians kind of just like talk about rush and then uh, i guess neil peart said that he could never play that drum fill the same ever like like just on the recording because it was just crazy and then even after that part like going back into the song like you know how hard that is <laughs> yeah like oh my god uh another red barchetta amazing um yyz like not yyz 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 <laughs> i know <laughs> i hate it like when americans do it i'm like okay whatever that's your language but when like canadian radio like jockeys say that on the radio i'm just like you freaking traitor <laughs> yyz but that song is amazing and we used to jam out to that song uh, yyz is just like the perfect instrumental like yeah. it's so good it's like they somehow perfected the instrumental because like a lot of instrumentals, like a lot of good instrumentals are like 10 minute, like just 
ridiculous epics, right? Mm -hmm. But they somehow got that within like a four minute, four and a half minute time frame and just perfected like everything that an instrumental needs to have to make it good is just packed into that. And it's just like, it's such a good instrumental. And then I love like the little things they put in there. So like the beginning is in five, four and the whole, that whole five, four part is in Morse code. So it's actually spelling out Y, Y, Z right at the beginning which is cool it's just so good it's just a perfect song and for those who of you who don't know but yyz is is obviously the i guess the prefix label for the toronto airport yeah it's the um uh, yeah airport so i guess every airport has a significant morse code and it's and it's yy it's it's the letters yyz and morse code so and they were taking a flight so the idea that they got it from the song they were taking a flight back home or something and they heard that right so then they're like that'd be a sweet like i would have never have thought of that right just even think of that putting that into a song that's crazy yeah if you ever fly to uh toronto pearson airport and you have a luggage tag you'll see yyz on that sticker because i'll always put those on but yeah, it's such it's such a good song. And you know, here I'm gonna have my one complaint. And I know we weren't we're not supposed to talk about this award show on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but the the award show that we do not call by name on this show, um, <laughs> YYZ was not was nominated for best instrumental that year. But you know who won? It was uh, it was the Police with uh, "Back on My Camel," "Back on the Camel." back in the camel no. something like it's no. like the police have good instrumentals but that is by far their worst instrumental oh. it's it doesn't have anything going for it on that song it's like background it's like an elevator song so like shame it's a complete shame oh my god that's awful this that song is so good like even even with the uh the bridge part the da 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 and then the bass, and then the second rendition, they add in an extra bar into the progression, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. It's just oh. like all the instruments are flying on that song. Drums, mm-hmm. the bass, the the guitar. It's just like everyone's just doing their thing. It's so technical. It's so hard to play. And then yeah. you need three really proficient musicians to pull it off. Which, which is even in, more insane because it sounds so full and there's only three of them. Yeah. Even songs like like Limelight, right, which I feel like is their most popular song on the album. Mm-hmm. Maybe Red Barchetta could, could be, but like it just sounds like a full band, like a four or five piece band is playing, but it's only three of them, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, for me, Limelight is probably my favorite song on this record. Um, like they're all good songs. It's just like the lyrics just like hit home for me for for this yeah. one specifically. Uh, where where Neil Peart is sort of like struggling with like what it means to be famous and like mm-hmm. having a spotlight on him all the time and he's just like writing about it. Ah, oh, it's so good. I, Neil Peart gets a lot of flack for his lyrics because I think some of them are just too metaphysical at times. Like he he's he's thinking on like a completely different plane from him from the regular people. Uh, but but for the most part his like his if you dig really deep into his lyrics and start researching like what he was reading and why he's saying this stuff like there's a lot of there's a lot of depth to what he is uh, putting into the lyrics and 
I found that kind of cool though, like the drummer writing the lyrics to the band, right? Like, and he definitely has a way with words. You can tell, like, he, like predominantly he loved to read books. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, what's that song called? Bjorn, tie the snow dog or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, uh, I can't remember. I know it's the yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, poor, like poor that snow dog or something. Yeah, something like that, and. Uh, like songs like that or or like characters from like these books like great books that he's read that's no one's really like he'd be the guy at the show like uh after the show like everybody would be out partying and most of the time rush would just stay in their hotel room right and just hang out but he like neil peart read a lot of books yeah right And, and you can tell he has this way of just literature just in his lyrics, like he, even like one of my favorite lines from a Rush song is probably in Spirit of Radio, so where good. all this machinery making modern music yeah. but it can still be open hearted. Like that's it's just so like, you know, yeah, so, so good. poetic. <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the rest of the album, Camera Eye, which is like a 10 minute epic song. That's really good. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. Oh, this band is just so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if there isn't a better three piece. I don't think. Like the police were good; they are definitely a very, very, very good three piece. But Rush just is just on a completely different level. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I think the police is mostly like it's mostly Sting. <laughs> To be honest, like he wrote most of the songs, but Rush really is the three of them. Just like everything goes into it from all three members. Mm -hmm. Which is insane. Like, yeah, I can't think of another three, like three piece bands are usually pretty good. Like they're very, like they're very talented, like cream green day. Mm -hmm. uh, You've got, um, uh, I can't think of any yeah, there's there's Green Day, there's Cream, there's uh, the Police, there's Rush. Um, I can't think of a lot more trios though. I'm sure there's but, plenty. Yeah, like John Mayer did a trio with with a uh, jazz Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah, I guess I guess <laughs> Motorhead is hilarious. Lemmy. <laughs> yeah, that's the Lemmy show. The Ace of Spades. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like Rush just is just so good. Like, like it, they make obscure time signatures and, and like different kind of chord progressions that are obscure to the ear sound like a pop song. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like even fly by night. Yeah. Right. That's a technical song and it, and a lot of people love it or closer to the heart. Right. Like, oh. This band is just so good. <laughs> um, oh yeah, Nirvana. Nirvana is another mm. three piece. Yeah. But yeah, like for me, this album, I do agree with you. This is not my favorite Rush album. But if you had to pick a Rush album to introduce to for a person who doesn't know Rush at all, I think this is probably the album I go to, just because. I think like the first four songs on this album just like knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Whereas like uh, an album like Hemispheres or something or um, 
Yeah, like like an album of Hemispheres, it's a bit of a slower grind because I think Hemispheres opens with like a twelve minute song. No, like it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not digestible. There's, there's four songs on the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the thing is, like it takes a lot of effort to like like sit there and get into that stuff, mm-hmm. even though it is like perfect, but it's not digestible for someone who's going to go into this band for the first time. Whereas I think Tom Sawyer very much is a a lead single. Red Barchetta is a very much a lead single. YYZ clocks in at four minutes and 30, Limelight's about five. Like these are relatively to rush digestible songs for the, for the average person. So, and one point I would like to add is that all three of them are like in top 10, like of their musical instrument field, <laughs> like Neil yeah. Peart, top five drummers. No, probably. Neil Peart, like he's like top two. He's definitely yeah. top two. No, no yo, but but they're in that category, yeah, right? Like yeah, yeah. like uh, Alex Lifeson, top five guitar players of the world. You put him in top five? <laughs> oh my god! I don't think no, I've been... but. But I'm saying, like, they're in that top five. Like, they're definitely in there at the top of their their yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I think Alex Lifeson, I would be comfortable top 50 guitar players of all time. I'd put him there. I would have a hard time putting him in my top 10. In list. top five? Oh, top 10? Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, top 50 for okay. sure. Top 10, I'm pretty sure he gets knocked out. But Neil Peart, for me, if not number one, he is definitely top two drummers of all time and mm-hmm. getty is getty's just top 10 for sure yeah 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 well i'm sure if we ever in the future make a top 10 guitar player list i'm gonna change my mind because <laughs> when i sit down and actually make the list it'd be difficult but but definitely they're like they're the top like they're in the top category for their mm-hmm. for their instruments yeah 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 so. um yeah, and then the the album closes off with Witch Hunt, and it also closes off with uh, Vital Signs, which is just the, these songs are just great. They're just all mm-hmm. really good songs, and I don't know. It's it's hard to top an album like this. Um, if if I had a complaint about this record, I would say it. The first half is just so mind blowingly strong that it makes the second <laughs> half of the album weak in like lesser in comparison which really yeah. isn't fair because those songs are great but like it's just top heavy really mm-hmm. um like if you were to put witch hunt or, or vital signs on its own album they would probably get a bit more praise um but in comparison to a tom sawyer or a limelight it's sort of stuck in that shadow so um, yes but i feel like i i agree with you like this is a great intro to the band because if you go into something like like hemispheres or even 2112 overture oh my god if 2112 is your intro to rush you're like yeah you're either gonna love them forever or hate or them hate forever them. but you, but i feel like if you if you listen to this album moving pictures and you like them there's a good chance like like if you make it through the album, you're like, okay, I, I get what they're coming from. And then you go listen to those other albums we mentioned. Yeah. You'll be like, okay, like, because yeah. 2112 Overture is just insane. <laughs> yeah, 2112, if that's your intro to Rush, good luck to you because that thing is a 22, 20 minute song. <laughs> Which is crazy. So for, for those of you who haven't seen the, the documentary, just a quick tidbit, like, 
So there was a point in Russia's career where they were doing well, and then all of a sudden they just tanked, right? And then when they recorded 2112 Overture, their manager and their like studio executive pretty much told them, they said, if you release this album, you guys will be a band, no, like, no more. Like, you guys will just, like, your scene in the music industry is over, yeah. right? And they said, we don't care if we're going to go out, we're going to go out with a bang. <laughs> yeah. like, And that ended up bringing them up. <laughs> yeah. This is insane. Like, they're, I can't think of one band who released a, 20 minute plus song and that's their claim to fame <laughs> mm-hmm. like that literally like everyone's like oh this they're gonna tank like rush is gonna be not a band anymore yeah and no one all... <laughs> no one has the attention span for a 20 minute song for a band you don't know <laughs> and it did insane <laughs> like, <laughs> like and 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 this is the kind of thing like where which which gives me hope because i feel like most <laughs> popular music or studio music they're like they have an uh 60 to 75 percent say on what you do for the album right especially when you're trying to make it big in this era right when they were around and then for a band to just be like nope we're gonna do what we want to do and if we fail we want to fail our way yeah (laughs) like you got to give them credit for that you know Anyways, Rush, this album is just like so great, and Rush is just a great band. Uh, but let's let's wrap this up, Eric. Final yes. rating for this album. What do you want to give it? Oh, I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. Whoa, a ten out of ten. Oh my lord, that's a perfect score. Um, yeah. For me, I'm I am tempted to give it ten out of ten, but I'm gonna give it nine point five out of ten because. Uh, yeah like the only criticism and this is a very weak criticism is just the b-side the second half of the album just in comparison to the front is just like mm-hmm. like the 90 95 percent weaker than the front which in the grand scheme of things isn't really anything but the first half of this album is just so kick-ass mm-hmm. and i think rush has better albums than this one ultimately um but as I said, yes. this, is a, this is a great gateway drug for, for Rush. Yes, it is. <sighs> All right. So that's that's our uh, that's our opinion about moving pictures. I feel like we just ranted about Rush in general, just like <laughs> yeah. about it instead of talking about the album. But I mean, that's what happens when we, we get together and start talking about how good Rush is. <laughs> <laughs> we could we could extend this conversation too. yeah we're we're already over time uh all right so for those of you who are following along with us every week um the next album we are going to be listening to is jagged little pill by uh alanis morissette so another canadian um i actually really like this album so mm-hmm. very maybe, maybe if everybody's good i'll uh I'll do my impression of Alanis Morissette next <laughs> next week. <laughs> uh, anyways, that that's that. So, um, yeah, for those of you who want to listen along with us, that's the album we're going to be talking about next week. So, Eric, quote of the week presented by Anthony Kiedis. This one might be a bit challenging, uh, but here we go. Overkill, you took another red pill. On the sheet is everything that you spilled. We are the ones you want to know right now. A-O-A-O-A-O-A-O, Blacklight. 
Oh, I know this one. This is off their uh, new album. Yeah. Ayo, 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 ayo. Uh, I know it's off their new album. I'm going to just look at the album, like song names. This one also has a music video. I think this is the the last music video off this album. Well, I guess the last music video they have released in general. Um, overtook overkill you took another red pill on the sheet is everything that you spilled we are the ones you want to know right now ao 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 blacklight honestly oh man okay i'm looking at, I'm, not, I'm not looking at the lyrics i'm looking at the actual song names on the album it's off the album uh the getaway right i think so you that's think the so? late it's the the one the last one with josh the last one with Josh, yeah. So it would be, oh man. Okay, so Go Robot is not that. It's not Sick Love. I didn't realize they had a song called Go Robot. Go Robot. Oh, the song was okay, and then the more I hear it, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I think the best song on this album is uh, the uh, Dark Necessities, but. Um... Mm. Ah, feasting on the floor. Ah, man. Ah, what is it? I can hear the damn song in my head. Is it the longest? No, it's not the longest wave. It's it's uh, goodbye angels. Yes, there you go. Yes! Goodbye angels. Yes! I got it. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, we had to switch this up because I'm running out of uh, I'm running out of music videos to reference. <laughs> Oh, you're only doing music video ones, eh? Oh. Yeah, because like, I don't know, it seems you have to be like a super hardcore fan if I'm going to pull up like the demo version of like a song that they never released. Like, mm, I need to enough. at least keep it a bit, a bit more recognizable. <laughs> mm. uh, anyways, so that's that. Um, and then Eric, uh, you had a few controversial statements this time. This was all you, buddy this time so everyone is a plebe was your first comment <laughs> plebe minded people listen to yoko ono and this movie caveman i spelled caveman wrong this movie caveman is better than his drumming and that's ringo star if nobody if everybody's tuning in late yeah if you skipped all the way to the end just to listen to the controversial statements uh yeah Anyway. <laughs> if you like to hear negativity, skip to minute 111. Uh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, that's that's basically our, our podcast for today. Uh, so yeah, uh, we are the Crossroads Music Podcast. Thanks for, for joining us here on twitch.tv slash Chasing Dragonflies. Uh, our current schedule is every Thursday at uh, 10 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. PST. Uh, so come join us live uh, in the chat uh, feel free to shout at us and tell us you disagree with everything uh, we say. Uh, <laughs> we're very we're very open to criticism, you know. We we, we dish out a lot of criticism, so we, we better have... be open to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, uh, you can hear us anywhere on those podcast platforms. We're pretty much everywhere. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically our show. Thanks everyone for for joining us, uh, and we will catch you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.